Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Maroon Weekly. It's week eight and it finally feels like spring. I'm your host, Greg, and I'm joined by... Jake. And William. Okay, so how was everyone's week? My week was great. Um, I started off with a power paper that was due, um, so got that out of the way. I uh, spent a lot of time in the reg Monday night, but um, that's finally done. And then yesterday um, evening was the Nigerian Student Association's um, fake wedding, which was just a blast to be at. It was really fun. It was a night of dancing and great food and, and so much more. Um, and I'm really proud of the Nigerian Student Association for putting that on. As a Kenyan, it was really nice to experience Nigerian culture. Sounds like fun. It was great. Do you know how the idea for a fake wedding came about? Uh, I know other Nigerian student associations across the country do it um, really? as a way. To, yeah, it's it's a way to showcase Nigerian culture. Everything from the deep religious experiences of Nigerian students, all the way to um, sharing food. They had jollof rice, uh, meat pies, and goat meat. Um, you know the dancing, the interesting family structures as well. Um, so I think it, it was a great event um, that showcases in, in very many great ways Nigerian culture um, and the traditions. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was great. I know my friend back at North North um, Northeastern back in Boston um, also went to a Nigerian Student Association wedding, um, but for the Boston colleges, uh, you know, all of them kind of did one 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 event. But yeah, how was your week, Jake? It was good. Um, a lot of time in the A-level, as always. Friday, a friend of mine came over to South, and we were working on a project proposal for a class of ours. And we thought it would take, like, two hours, but I don't think we left my house lounge from between the hours of, like, 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. But at 6 p.m., thankfully, our, D- our RDs had, like, tacos for Cinco de Mayo. They were fantastic. It was all uphill from there. Oh, yes, I did go to Pilsen for Cinco de Mayo. I went out with some of my friends. Um, I don't know where we went to eat. I don't know the name of the restaurant, but it was a great evening because I don't know where I went to eat. <laughs> <laughs> my week was pretty good. Uh, I had a Civ essay due earlier, on, I think it was on Tuesday, and uh, that was... Uh, but you got it done? Yeah, I did. I did. Wonderful. I did. If you don't mind me asking, what's Civ? It's American History? Ah, uh, think that's what it's called? Yeah. It's a cop-out because... I'm like, I'm doing power, so I'm like... <laughs> no, 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 yeah, I get it, I get it, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but Murphy, I if if you could get Murphy, he's the best. Yeah. I'm, I'm debating whether I want to do Civ here or do Civ abroad. I do it abroad. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. All else equal, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's move into the news. I'll start. So the university's new center in Paris, which is scheduled to open in 2024 will be renamed the University of Chicago John W. Boyer Center in Paris, according to a press release on April 24th. The release also announced the establishment of the John W. Boyer professorship in the college. Boyer will become the new senior advisor to to the president next year after having served in his current position for 31 years. The original center currently serves as UChicago's research and teaching arm in Europe, contributing to the university's international presence. The center is home to the university's largest undergraduate study abroad location, offering over 20 programs from European, African, and Russian civilizations to astronomy, cinema and media studies, human rights, and more. According to the center's website, it also supports the advanced studies of graduate students and faculty and promotes the collaboration with the European public. Designed by architect John Gang, the new center in Paris is intended to expand and enhance the capabilities of the original center in Paris. Um, and the renaming of the new center 
what was made possible by a lead gift of $10 million from the Shelby Cullum Davis Charitable Fund, along with an additional $11.5 million from members of the College Advisory Council and the Dean's Parent and Family Council and University Alumni Parents and Trustees. For the full details, see the story up on the Marines website by Sabrina Chang. I'm very excited that they're naming the Paris Center after Dean Boyer. Um, I wish you got something on campus, like on the quad, but I get it. All those buildings are named. He does um, have a house named after him, Boyer yeah, House. Yeah, Boyer House. But that's in North. That's too modern for Dean Boyer. He's a man of history. He's a man of class. Um, so I wish, I wish you know, imagine if they could like rename Cobb Hall, Boyer Hall. Um, that's probably in my wildest dreams. Um, but, but that is interesting. But on the Paris Center, one thing that gets me about that place is why they have African studies um, in, in the Paris Center. I think it's time for you, Chicago, if they truly want to be this global institution um, you know, that, that they claim to be, they should open up a, a proper center in Africa. Um, I think it's, it's, t- it's, it's past... You know, time to stop stop studying African history in Europe. Is and, there a study abroad in Africa? There are programs in Africa. Yes. There's one in Morocco that I applied for. There's yeah. at least one in Senegal. There, I, I know there's one in Senegal, yes. Yeah, but it's time to open up a proper center in Africa, I think. You know. Where should it be? Uh, well, I think Accra, Ghana is one great place. Also, Nairobi, Kenya is another great place. Uh, two of them are really hubs of, 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 of commerce um, in, in industry. Um, that have really rich academic histories. I mean, in Nairobi, they have the University of Nairobi, Kenyatta University. Um, you know, some leading economists have come, African economists have come out from from those schools. Uh, and I think it's just time to begin studying African history in Africa. You know, why study African history and the African economy in France? They're holding uh, parts of Africa hostage through, you know, a currency, you know, kind of holds that they have on them. It, it's it's time to leave. And, and study African history in Africa with, with real African people and not not in a museum with stolen artifacts and stolen papers and stolen culture and a Fair lot enough. of stolen things. Fair enough. All right. Jake, <laughs> let's move on to you for the next story. Sure. Um, in 1997, Thomas Sierra was convicted of a murder that he did not commit. The conviction was based on eyewitness testimony from two people who later said that a former Chicago police detective had pressured them into making a wrongful identification. But Sierra stayed in prison for nearly 22 years, only walking free when the University of Chicago Law School's Exoneration Project won a legal battle to overturn his conviction back in 2018. The Exoneration Project, a free legal clinic at the law school, was founded in 2007. Since then, it's freed nearly 200 wrongfully convicted clients. This project primarily works on cases for which a person has already been convicted of a crime and all appeals have failed. Now, when looking at prospective clients and their cases, the staff on the project retraced the steps of police investigators and tried to determine what they might have missed or where they may have erred. For overturning convictions, the burden of proof shifts to the convicted defendant to prove their innocence, so the exoneration project needs to find new evidence that wasn't presented during a previous trial. A couple of common cases of wrongful convictions are inaccurate witness testimony and false confessions. False confessions in particular are common here in Chicago, where for many years detectives were immersed in a culture that emphasized closing cases over finding the true culprit for a crime. Third-year law school student Jacqueline Picaro, who is one of two, 10 students rather, currently working at the Exoneration Project, told the Maroon that students at the law school are involved in all aspects of the cases. It's an incredible opportunity for law students because you're not only doing the legal work in terms of drafting legal arguments and researching case law, Picaro said, but you're also getting to be on the ground floor doing the investigative work that a detective would be doing at the early stages of a trial. 
you not only get the practical skills that are associated with that, but then you also get to feel that you are giving your all for a client, doing everything you possibly can to get them exonerated and out of prison. This report is based on an article by Peter Maharas for the Chicago Maroon and is available on the Maroon's website. I mean, I'm really glad that, um, you know, the students of the law school are stepping up and, you know, trying to you know, get this exoneration project, you know, out and about, um, if, for lack of a better term. Um, it, it's really important, you know, especially as a university, um, to really begin engaging with the Chicago community um, and, and fixing a lot of wrongs, you know, using the skill sets that, that we have um, here, um, using the education that we're given and afforded. Yeah, definitely. This is obviously very important work. There are so many people who are behind bars for the wrong reasons, um, but often the funding, the motivation isn't going to be there to fix these issues, and the law school has those resources, and I'm, I'm really quite glad that um, this clinic exists. I wonder what the what the exact reason was for founding it, um, but I'm glad that someone decided to put money into this, put resources into this. Um, it helps. It, it seems like they focus on Chicago cases, which is great, and it's a great opportunity for law students to um, get experience working to help people and using their education. Well said. All right, for our last story, we'll go to you, Will. Yeah, so a new film produced by University of Chicago students highlights the ways that small businesses contribute to Hyde Park's culture and explores how the university's presence is an advantage and a source of anxiety for local shopkeepers. The Heart of Hyde Park, Stories of Small Businesses, profiles eight Hyde Park businesses around the shop's unique role in the community, the business owners' loves, the business owners loves for um, the neighborhood, and New Chicago's impact on their ability to remain in Hyde Park. The project sprung from uh, Lisa Singh's visit last year to Kilimanjaro International on 1305 East 53rd Street, where she struck up a conversation with the owner, Mama Rose, um, also known as Sister Rose. During the visit, Mama Rose told Singh about her experiences as a Hyde Park business owner and her work to link artists experiencing homelessness with mentors in art and business. Lade Tenobu, the film's producer and a second-year student, said that students often live in a bubble, particularly in their early um, university careers, where social circles dictate how and where students spend their time. The film's producer... The documentary will be screened at 5 p.m. on Monday at Doc Films, uh, followed by a panel discussion and casual dinner. Tickets are $6.00. For more on seven dollars. For more on this story, please head to Block Clubs Chicago and look for Maxwell Evans' article. Student documentary explores um, relationships, conflicts between small businesses, neighbors, and the University of Chicago in Hyde Park. I am very excited for this. I will be in attendance. I already brought my ticket um, and look forward to watching the film. Um, I think it's really important to kind of begin, you know, exam not beginning, but to really become more critical of how you Chicago is interacting with the Hyde Park in general and the South Side. Um, because, you know, while we are a great institution um, that I think brings a lot of value, we also you know, don't have the best history um, with interacting with the South Side of Chicago. And I think it's time to kind of rectify what we've done wrong um, and begin to work towards a better future um, where we interact with Hyde Park and the South Side in a much better um, way. Because I think, you know, not just, you know, do we have a lot to give Hyde Park? I think Hyde Park and the South Side has a lot to teach us. Um, I think there there's so many lessons that we can learn from the South Side um, that, that are really, really important. Um, and I'm glad that, um, you know, this team um, here at U Chicago is, is really focusing on this. Uh, 
is coming out with this film. I'm really excited to watch it. You're, of course, right that there's so much that we can take away from our surrounding community. And I'm really glad that these students decided to engage in this project and have those conversations and learn from them. And I hope that um, the lesson that they've learned are able to be passed down to far more people um, who come and watch this movie. And one of the things that I'm really excited about about this film, um, and I'm a film, I'm a film nerd, is I believe in, in the power of storytelling storytelling to convince people to win over hearts and minds um, and, and this is exactly what what this what this project is doing it is sharing stories you know of, of interactions uh, of between businesses and, and the community and you Chicago um, and I I, I I have a feeling that this film will bring about some sort of change I don't know if it'll bring about change now or it'll be one of those films where we look back 10 years from now and say oh my goodness those producers and, and that and that film team were correct but um, I really do believe that this film has the power to bring about some change. Yeah, and I, um, I'll also mention that on the Marines website, there's a photo essay titled uh, By Arts, Humans of Hyde Park that it's, you know, it's done in a similar vein. Um, so it's, I'll read the caption, an introduction to eight of Hyde Park's residents to their own words, inspired by Humans of New York. And it's by Brandon Stanton. So be sure to check that out, too. Yeah. So Brandon Stanton's the one who does Humans of New York. Yeah. Um, do you follow Humans of New York on Instagram? I do not. I've heard of it, though. What do you know about it? I, I mean, I just I follow the Instagram. Oh. It's a cool project. Um, he just takes pictures of people in New York and in other places. It's, like, been expanded. And often they're, like, very long captions, um, quotes from these people where they just tell their stories. And you get just such a wide range of things. Um, and often he'll he'll help these people out after the fact. Um, if a story goes, like, particularly viral or whatever... Um, there have been instances of people who have, like, off of the attention they've gotten from this, have, like, written books and have, like, gotten, been, been very successful in that way um, because a lot of people are more interested in their stories. Um, it's a really cool thing, and I'm glad that um, the Chicago Maroon is taking a cue from them. Yeah. Storytelling yeah. is such a powerful, powerful tool. Such a powerful tool. I believe that before we started recording, you mentioned your letterboxed. Yes, what's yes. The, what's the last movie you I, 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 five stars I, to? What have you enjoyed? When was uh, is, my letterbox is known for um, you Chicago great deflation? What? Um, <laughs> I'm I'm a very Can't say I'm surprised. Like, what very is letterbox? What uh, is it? Wow, Greg. No, no letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> So Letterboxd is uh, an app that, that you use to record. I, I sound like an old person saying an app. Um, you know, that is used to um, kind of record which films, or not record, but um, to kind of journal which films that you've watched and you can rank them and leave reviews on them. Um, and you can also explore different films. Uh, you can follow people uh, on my Letterboxd. I have a pretty pathetic uh, four or five followers. Um, but, you know, yeah. In doing so, you get to see what they're watching, what they're reviewing and, and ranking. Um, you know, I, I do have a lot of um, um, three and a half star films, um, but a good number of five star films. Uh, so the last one that I did rank, though, was In the Mood for Love, um, which is a um, film uh, directed by Wong Kar Wai. 
um, excuse me if I mispronounce that, and it takes place in Hong Kong of 1962 and is a melancholy story about the love between a woman and a man who live in the same building and one day find out that their husband and wife are also having an affair with each other. And it's, I think it's just a really beautiful story um, that highlights Hong Kong as this really international and interesting city, um, but also highlights these really two interesting stories about um you know, couples who are who are torn apart because of of of, of work and then going abroad, and it, overall, I think in the mood for love um, was was a wonderful story. Um, also, Koyaanisqatsi. Um, these are two films that I watched for actually a class at U Chicago. Funny enough, um, Cities on Screen with Professor Evan Carver. If you ever get the chance to take that class, I highly recommend it. Not only is Professor Carver a great professor. Um, he the the class is also just like amazing. Koyano um, Katsi, yeah. I have to interrupt. There's um, I listened to this lo-fi mix that has it playing in the background. Yes. What does it? What does the word mean again? I'm looking it up. Koyano um, Katsi. Life out of balance is what I see. Yes, life out of balance, a life that um, you're living at the moment but needs to be changed. Uh, I believe it is from the Hopi Hopi Native American tribe. Um, it, it is a, it. Credits Gansi is a wonderful film, a great critique on 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 society. Uh, you should watch it for yourself. Um, the film has no words, um, no distinct characters. Um, it, it, it is the music is also by <laughs> Philip Glass, U Chicago alum, um, and Philip Glass's music I think is just mesmerizing. Um, very mathematical, but um, yeah, I, I love, I love, I love Quentin Scotty. It's, it's a great film. Um, I can talk about this all. Oh, Cleo Five to Seven as well. Um, that's by Varda. La Point Court also by Varda. Um, two other great films as well. Uh, yeah, I, I I do have to say though, my favorite film of all times is Cars. You cannot convince me otherwise. Wow. You know that it is Cars. It has to be Cars. Did, did Philip Glass do the do the music for Cars as well? <laughs> no, I, I'm afraid Philip Glass did not did not create life. life what, what, what's the name? Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night. Yeah. Um, excuse me if I got the lyrics wrong. Um, and please don't sue me. Uh, yeah. But um, I, I think Cars is the best movie, the best storyline. Um, the romance between Sally and McQueen is also amazing. I think Radiator Springs is a wonderful portrayal of. <laughs> Of, of a town, you know, I I think Cars is the best film out there. Um, people might disagree. Uh, if they disagree, well, that sounds like a them problem. Uh, so yeah. How do you feel about the sequels? <laughs> now those are horrible. Um, they should have left it. They should have left it as is. Um, I'm I'm normally someone who who advocates for change, but they should have left that one as is. Um, the the new Cars, um, Cars two and three. That was just pure. Did you ever watch Airplanes or whatever they called? Them? I did. I watched Planes. Um, that was also just. Sometimes you need to leave the original as the original. Sure. Um, Cars was great. It is great. Um, Wait, I do. Still... Do you mean Airplane the comedy? The... No, no I don't mean the comedy. Oh, there, there was a like pl- like yeah. Cars but planes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Planes. It, yeah. Um, no. Um, <laughs> when I was younger, I had Lightning McQueen bed sheets, a Lightning McQueen chair. Oh, I had a Lightning McQueen bed when I was younger. Yes. I feel like that's like a classic image. Yeah, yeah I, I never had that. But, yeah, um, I, I, I love I love Cars. It's, it's a great film. 
Right. I'm not so much of a of a movie buff, but I do have Letterboxd downloaded on my phone, and yes. sometimes I like to scroll through the like highest rated reviews because yeah. people say like really funny things that, that oh, they yeah, get yeah. upvoted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now I know you're a Miski fan, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah good memory. Yes, yes. I, I'm trying. I, I've been listening to a little bit of Miski. I, I I fall in love with her with her song Townie. Um, yeah, Townie. But, yes, yes. Love I think you. I think that 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 song represents uh, my my longing for freedom. Uh, I listen to it when I'm walking out of the reg. Um, so, yeah, it's like a nice outro. Um, yeah, but Miski, how did you get, in, how did you kind of come to like Miski? I don't know. I feel like I'd always, like, read about her on Pitchfork or whatever. Mm. At some point, I think I listened to the song Your Best American Girl, and okay. it really resonated with me. This would have been, like, September 2020 or something. No, no what is Pitchfork? Oh, Pitchfork is, like, a music review website. Oh, it's, like, the okay. quintessential website slash like magazine I don't know if they do a print magazine anymore um, for like reviewing music yeah um, they like rate albums out of 10 their scores oh. can be controversial their last 10 out of 10 was um, Fiona Apple's fetch the bolt cutters a couple years back mm. unless they've given one recently and I missed it um, but it's pretty rare yeah before that it was like I think my beautiful dark twisted fantasy yes awesome um, you should check it out I should I should I don't know into I need to become a are. man of culture. Yeah, you should you should check out more Mitski. Have you seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? I thought that's what you were going to talk about because she was on I one have, of the songs for that. I have not. Um, it has been on my to watch list for a while. Um, I need I need to find a theater that's screening it because I feel like it's one of those films that you have to watch mm. in a theater. Yeah. Um, I tried to watch like part of it on my computer and I was like, I feel like my computer's not doing this justice. Um, yeah. I watched it back in Boston with my yeah. parents. Oh, um, which theater? I, I like, no, just, sorry, in our, in our report, calm down. <laughs> yeah. um, it wasn't like when it was coming out. I liked it. I thought that the praise for it was a little, like, overblown. I didn't, my response wasn't so strong as to merit that. I thought I would love it. I did like it a lot. I think it's worth seeing, definitely. Yeah. Um, I need, yeah. It's very well done. We should get a subscription to The New Yorker for all of us so that we can be keeping up with, with, Film and, and music and culture, culture more generally. That's culture, that's culture. what the New Yorker would want us to yeah, say. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Landfill Joyce Carol Oates from the New Yorker. It's a story. Mm. It's very gruesome, but it's really well written. Yeah, I read it in high school. Just you mentioned the New Yorker. I'm like, okay, I, I got it. The New Yorker. They do a lot of uh, yeah. important stuff. I've been stumbling a, uh, across a lot of New Yorker articles in the past two weeks, and I, I feel like I need to get a subscription to it now. It just it seems interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was going to say, so Mitski, the only song I know by her is Nobody. Yeah, that one's pretty famous. I think that's maybe the one where I like saw her just like on TikTok because people would yeah. like, I don't know how much it was making fun of her. It's sort of just silly to hear her like, in the genius interview she did for that song, just saying like Nobody ten times in a row. It's a great song. I love this Yeah. Um, and then while, while, you, while you were talking about Letterboxd, I was um, putting together a list of my top movies. I only got three. So I like There Will Be Blood, Taxi Driver. Oh, that's Driver. a great movie. Mm. That's another great yeah. movie. And airplane, as Jake mentioned. Also, that one's fun. Coraline. Really? Yes. That's a controversial that's, like, take. Great, but it was, I think it was good. I did not like it. You didn't what? Like it. Yeah. I didn't. Well, I know. Yeah, he's giving me those eyes. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't like Coraline. <laughs> not that much. Yeah, but you know this uh, this upcoming Friday, Doc Films, uh, Citizen Kane. I will be I'll be attending that. I'm not a huge Citizen Kane fan. In fact, I don't like Citizen Kane. Um, but I've only watched it on a TV and on a computer. And I'll try to give it a chance on the big screen. Um, but I just I just can't. 
I've never gotten behind Citizen Kane. Everybody's like, Citizen Kane, the best movie. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Can't believe you don't like Coraline. No, Coraline. Just All right. Like, I, I think we should. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we should probably end it here. I could talk <laughs> about film all day, too, but yeah. Too upset. All right. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. I'm Greg. I'm Jake. And I'm William. And we'll see you next week. See you.